We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What up, what up, what up? Welcome into another edition of Green with Envy. As always, this is your boy Will. We are checking in. How you doing? How you living? I'm living good today, folks, because we've got the three-man weave in the building. First up, we got my best friend, co-host, and the coach of our podcast, the one and only Greg Manakis. How you doing, my guy? I'm good. Right before you hit uh, record... I said that I'm drinking iced coffee, and you called me crazy for drinking iced coffee at, what is it, 5 p.m. Central Time? Why am I crazy? 4 p.m. Central Time? How am I crazy for drinking iced coffee at 4 p.m.? At our age, that is a ludicrous move. I would be up till 2, two or 3 in the morning, tossing and turning. Coffee, if you're not on vacation, coffee beyond, I don't know, man, maybe like 2 o'clock. It's a tough move, in my opinion, if you're, if you're, if you're planning on getting a good enough. If you're, if you're going to be up for the night. Go for it. But I don't know if uh, if trivia till 10 is, is quite the call I would make. <laughs> Bro, I wouldn't even be able to make it through this podcast without the coffee right now. I was I was dragging, but now I'm good. You got the best version of me possible. Fully caffeinated Greg is definitely the most charming Greg. So I'm here. I'm ready. All right. All right. Hey, to each his own. I wish you the best of luck on your night of sleep tonight. But I'm glad we got the caffeinated Greg for right now. And of course, rounding out the three men, we've already heard his glorious chuckle here in the middle of Greg and I discussing coffee habits. We've got the leader of the Taylor gang. It's the one and only Adam Taylor. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. I'm living well. I need to ask. It's a ludicrous decision for what, according to you, that Greg is drinking iced coffee. Would you say he's acting a fool? Ooh, I like what you did there. In my opinion, yes, he is indeed acting a fool. Greg, are you acting a fool? What is this a topical phrase right now? Why are we? You're the musician. You're I the know, rapper right? of the group. How, dude, how are you not going to get this? How are you not going to get this reference? Well, I, I'm confused. Adam, we, we may need to go over to Greg's house and throw some bows. Yeah, I'm just saying, dude, like, you know, you just came home from doing a bid. I mean, you would think that he would understand, you know, through at least word of mouth what we're talking about. I, I, I understand, but I understand you're talking about ludicrous, but like, why, <laughs> why, how does that relate to coffee? <laughs> 
Because I said it was ludicrous, so then he started making references to different ludicrous oh, I songs. Missed, I missed you saying it was ludicrous. Uh, I apologize. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I was like, the rapper doesn't get the rap reference. This is a... I, was, I was like, these are all pretty obvious ones, too. I was impressed that we actually picked up and we got we got a few more in there. So <laughs> I barely, but the thing is, I barely listen to Will, what, what Will says on the pod. So. <laughs> It makes total sense. I he's tune like, him out for the last 10 seconds of his sentence in case he's slinging it to me. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I said ludicrous, and then Adam repeated the word ludicrous. So you heard the word ludicrous, or you were supposed to have heard the word ludicrous twice in a 30-second span. The, 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 the give and take of drinking coffee, my brain is all over the place right now, completely scatterbrained. There will be many times in this podcast where I am not listening to either of you. So <laughs> This just right. in green with envy, sponsored by Ludicrous. Ludacris? There we go. There we go. Hey, Ludacris was in the building for some of those playoff games. I think it was the first round he made an appearance in there. So, you know, Greg's Greg's synapses are firing on all different cylinders right now. So let's let's give him a second to kind of regroup here because, you know, we got a couple news and notes we want to hit here in this offseason. And, you know, if some of y'all saw on Twitter the other day, we put out a little Tuesday trivia. But we've gotten inspired. We want to do some more trivia. So hang around to the end of the podcast. Each of us is going to have a trivia question that's going to try and stump the other two members on this show. So make sure you hang around for that. But first and foremost, we got, you know, it's the offseason. And this it is the light, light part of the offseason right now. But we did get a Derek White appearance on NBA Today with Malika Andrews. They had about a five-minute sit-down. And I'm going to play right now just a little snippet here of... Derek White talking about a potential contract extension coming up here at the beginning of the season. So let's sit back and let's let uh, let's let Greg get organized here. Jokes aside, right? Jalen Brown, he just got paid. Jason Tatum, he's due next season. You're eligible for an extension at the end of September. You're going to have a, what, a three-week window, right, to negotiate that. Do you want to get a deal done before the season starts? Is that a goal of yours? Um, I mean, I love being here in Boston. Uh It'd be cool to, to get an extension. I mean, we'll see what happens uh, during that window. But um, I've loved my time in Boston so far. And um, my focus right now is just on the season. Absolutely. It'll be your third season in Boston. You've been to the finals. You've been to the conference finals. And we've heard Jason Tatum. We've all right. All right. So we so we hear Derek White talk about wanting to to stay in Boston here. And of course, this is on the heels of the big JB Max. JT got a max coming up. Porzingis just inked a two-year extension. So to reset us here, Adam, Derek White has this year and next year already locked in in a contract. So this would start the following season. After that, I believe I read that the max extension based off his current deal would be about three years, 90 million. So that would be the max of what you're looking for. How are you feeling about Derek White joining Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown is really kind of the solidified core four here going forward? Oh, yeah, I'm all in. I think that Derek White proved himself last year, um, both as an offensive talent and a defensive talent. He gets the ball out of his hands quickly, makes good reads, plays at pace, sees the game at a good speed. There's a clip going around on Twitter today with Steph Curry. I don't know if you've all seen it. Isaiah Thomas quote tweeted it where Curry's discussing that 0.5 offensive mindset and he's doing it in like a training camp with some kids. And he's like, look, you've got to think of the ball as a grenade and you've got one second left on that ball until it explodes. If you can get the ball out of your hands in that first 0.5 second, then the dominoes start to fall. And you can see that Derek White was trained in that type of mentality playing in San Antonio. 
I think that as the season went on, we started to see the best version of Derek White that the NBA has probably seen. He's loved by the teammates. Everybody thinks he's a, a great player, a great person from everyone you hear speaking, all the reports you read. Plus, you tie someone down now, once the second cap, once the new CBA really kicks in, you've already got kind of the pie in front of you and you know where you need to trim and where you can go under. Yeah, my my question would be, is this the only time that the Celtics can extend Derek White in, sept- in that small window in September? Or can we extend him later this year or next year? So I think at least until next offseason when the calendar resets, this sounds like, and, I, and I'd have to do more research on this, this sounds like it's just that three-week window for whatever reason, you know, nuances of different contracts. We got to get Keith Smith back in here if we're yeah. really going to kind of dig into that. But that's what that's how I would infer is that you have that three-week window. If not, you table it, and then once the calendar flips over, in June of, of next year, or July 1st, whatever, whatever date it is, then you might be able to reopen that discussion. Okay, because if, if this is the only time in which you can extend him, if there isn't another window within his current contract, I feel like you, you kind of have to do it, right? Because if you let Derek White get to unrestricted free agency as the cap continues to go up, right, there's a chance that he could earn more than $30 million a year in the open market, right? So you're you're betting on Derek White living up to the length of that contract and being the player that we've seen him be. I mean, you just traded your heart and soul in Marcus Smart because you're betting on Derek White to be able to fill that role and maybe do even more as, you know, a younger, healthier version of Smart being in his late 20s versus um t- about to, you know, be 30 years old. So I think for me, I would 100% sign up for a Derek White extension if we can get that done. If the max, as if you, Will's reporting is correct, that it's three years, $90 million. <laughs> Don't me, take that as word. <laughs> Not take that as word. <laughs> to me, I think that's great. Real, real quick, though, I was really, really, really distracted by that, like, Whatever text was above uh, was above there. I don't know what that was. What, so what, what? I try. I, it's just the YouTube clip. I don't know. So for those of you listening on YouTube or should be watching on YouTube, you saw this as well. Listening, there was some type of um, you know captions that got like all messed up, like yeah. like auto generated. I, I tried refreshing and getting rid of it. It's it's something with the ESPN clip. I, okay. I couldn't get rid of it. I tried two or three different times to to refresh. I also found it distracting, and I imagine with your uh with your coffee intake right now it's probably even more distracting for you uh but you know with Derek white i, I think Greg, i think you brought up a good point right like i i think if you can lock him in now before he gets to and, and this is of course you're betting on last year being that Derek white is going to be either that good or even better with a more amplified role given that he's taking over that starting point guard role as joe mazula said the other week like it's definitive Derek white is the starting point guard of the boston celtics and so if you're expecting him to maintain or exceed what he did last year, you know, Fred Van Vliet got 40 million. And that's without, you know, the salary cap in two years from now is going to be potentially 10 to 20% higher than what it was. So, you know, this is where I'm you're starting to see potentially, and this is where I think things get really interesting. I think some guys that we currently see as $20 million players, but I think fit all three Celtics guards, Marcus Brogdon and Derek White are all roughly, you know, 18 to $22 million type guards and it's roughly about a fair market deal for them right now i think you're going to start to see that some are either going to get pushed up to 25 30 plus others are maybe going to end up in the dennis schroeder route where it's like ah you know these guys are more i'm more going to feel only comfortable with these guys at 
you know, eight to 15 million or less. So they're going to get a bump down. It's going to be interesting to see which, which way each guy goes. I think Brogdon falls in this category, but maybe more of the Schroeder route, just given injury history and depending on reliability. And so I think with Derek White, if you can lock him up for three years, 30, which doesn't start for another two years, potentially 30 million is the new 20 million. And that could turn in to a really good deal long-term. And then that would set him up with the Jays. You know, Chris Porzingis actually only has two years left. So it's only one year within that new Derek White contract that they would overlap. And then you have Rob Williams and Al Horford on really cheap deals over the next couple of years based on their productivity and uh, availability to be starters in this league. And so I think it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I I make the joke all the time. My Florida's went out of business this past season, how much I talked about Derek White trying to give him flowers after every single game. So, you know, I'm all in, especially now that he's one of my ball brethren over here. So, you know, he had a hat on in the clip, but he did, he did Malika made him at the beginning of the interview show off that, that new Chrome dome. So of course, shout out to to Derek White for joining the crew. All I know is that, if bold Derek White is the the man, I'm, I'm cool with that. I mean, for me, when we're talking about contracts in the new 20 mil versus the new 30 mil, and you mentioned Fred Van Vliet, I try and look at it contextually as well. Like the the Raptors didn't need to keep anybody else sweet. They could afford to pay Fred Van Vliet 40 mil, or no, sorry, it was the Rockets. Sorry, the Rockets ended up for 40 mil. Away, yeah. I was thinking of his last extension. The Rockets didn't need to really keep anybody sweet. They had a lot of cap space. They wanted their guy. They yeah. overpaid a little bit to make that happen. Derek White seems very content on in being with a contending team. Seems very happy in Boston. 30 million, even if that's not what he would get on the open market. It's still a reasonable, like more than reasonable amount to be on, you know, be the starting guard on a team that's going to be championship favorites, air quotes for the next contending championship game. contenders for sure. Yeah, for five years minimum, you know, four to five years, depending on health. Obviously, uh, I, I don't see him turning that down. I don't think that's a bad deal by any stretch. And as you said, as the cap continues to rise, it will just look better and better for Boston. Yeah, so I think we're all in on on Derek White and this potentially being an option here for Derek White to get an extension. We'd love to see him stick around as part of the Celtics core. Uh, another news and note here from the Celtics I want to touch on quickly here. Danilo Gallinari, uh, and I believe this came from an Italian podcast that he was on at Basket Universal. I want to make sure cite their sources here. And, you know, our guy Gallo, who unfortunately obviously never suited up for the Celtics, did have this quote, I can't wait to play against Boston. When the schedule will be unveiled, I'll put an X on the games. We will play at Boston against the Celtics. Of course, famously, it was talked about after the Gallinari signing that that was his favorite team growing up. So it's got to sting a little bit more that you get injured right before. And then, of course, you never actually suit up. But more importantly, what I want to know, and Greg, I'm going to go to you here on this one. Do you have any times that you felt either spiteful or felt the lust for revenge in a way that you know it seems to be gallo has got at least got a little bit maybe it was playful but do you have any any examples that you've ever had that happen to you <laughs> are you wait 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 you're asking me if i've ever felt spiteful just yeah. like in general in my life it's like there... if, there, if there's a time where you felt in the gallo way i want to come back against either this individual this team is there something that that made you feel spiteful 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you're trying to goad me into telling. I, I, I had a feeling stories. you thought that. I actually, I actually don't have a specific story, but I just figured it's more interesting than us talking about Danilo Gallinari coming back I mean, for yeah, a revenge no, game yeah. against a team he never actually played on. No, no, definitely, definitely, it's definitely more interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, when I was a freshman in college, um, I got, I got, I was in a forced triple, right? So that means there's three people living in a room that's meant for two, and I at some point got voted out of the room when we got the chance to D triple where I was the, because of probably because of my like bathroom habits or whatever, I was the one that was voted (laughs) to leave. And um, I remember being very angry at the time. And for whatever reason, I was holding a pair of scissors. I'm going to leave out some details here, but I was holding a pair of scissors. And I remember talking to my roommates and gesticulating, holding a pair of scissors um, where one of my roommates decided to take that as a threat um, that I was threatening him with a pair of scissors when I wasn't. I was just talking and I used my hands when I talk. So I got a I got a message the next day from the dean of discipline at Boston College telling me that I um, threatened my roommate who now feels unsafe with a, with a sharp object and I had to vacate the premises immediately. And I was like, whoa, whoa, Adam, whoa. Adam, you thought you were the bully on this show. <laughs> I've never once accused myself of that, but thank you. And um, anyways, I had to immediately find new housing. I ended up living with some sophomores. And I'm going to leave out the rest of the story because I don't think it's uh, wise to put this out for public consumption. But let's just say I didn't feel great. I wanted revenge. And at some point, I got my revenge. <laughs> all right we'll leave it at that so you did have have a, have a moment but I, I didn't hurt anybody let me just throw that yeah, out. i didn't yeah, hurt that's... anybody but i got my revenge in a very greg way so we'll leave it at that how about you adam i feel i feel like i feel like you you've definitely wanted to get revenge on somebody before have you not seen my twitter interactions <laughs> <laughs> i mean you felt like the easiest segue this is why i went to greg first I wanted yeah to see i mean what greg yeah. came up with but i figured yours would be uh would you know what i'm just i'm so, i wear my heart on my sleeve man what you see is what you get so you know sometimes i can get a little bit right and i'm super passionate and then when people are like this is just a game i'm like for you to me this is like literally life it's job it's income so I get, I get, I get a little rattled sometimes. Uh, and then, you know, there are people who say stuff and I'm like, dude, I'm going to literally hawk eye your Twitter page until you say something egregious. And then I'm going to swoop in and just crush. <laughs> uh, yeah. Will, Will and I kind of serve as uh, Adam's corner men for when he gets a little too, when, when he gets a little out of pocket out in the ring, when he's swinging, you know, he, he kind of abandons all principles out there and, and Twitter stick to the game plan gotta comes stick back to the, to the corner. And we were like, Hey, all right, I like what you're doing out there. I love the passion, but let's just tone it down just a little bit. Remember the game plan here. We want people to like us. <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm not that bad. I'm no, just, no, uh, no. It's it's got it's gotten a lot better, but we got your back on that. We got your back. I'm sometimes sometimes it's needed. It's just passion, dude. Like I, I never mean it in a nasty way. I'm just always like, yo, I'm, this means a lot to me, so I'm gonna fight my corner because I'm pretty confident that you're just being a douche right now, and you know that what I'm saying at least has logic. You don't have to agree. Doesn't mean I'm right. But there's at least logic there because I've gave this a lot of fucking thought and you're just being a douche and now I'm offended. So now I have to fight back. 
<laughs> yeah, every once in a while somebody's got to get checked, but you know, we we got to check you sometimes as well too. Yeah, and I accept that. I've never been back in it. I've always been like, you know, you're right. It's checks and balances. It's checks and balances. We all good here. I, you know, I, I was thinking about this because I wanted to flip this question around. I feels like a cop out. I don't know. Like, I feel like I've thought about revenge, but I never actually go seek out revenge. Like I think about it like in like a Costanza type way, like something that might happen on like a TV show for revenge, but I never actually do it. Just like a just like a fun thought exercise. You just, you've never thing. like stole someone's shoelaces because they tried like they 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 tried on your new shoes. So wait, what was this example? <laughs> like so, you know when you buy new sneakers and then somebody yeah. like is a dick and they're like, oh, they're nice they are, then they tread on them. Does that happen in the US? I have I, I don't no, not, not to mind not that I know. I mean of. maybe maybe in like middle school, but not as adults. <laughs> no, so that's like an adult thing as well here. So like you know when you go visit, <laughs> so you go visit someone's house. And like you know, you take your shoes off when you go into people's houses. If they don't have like flooring, they have carpet. You take your shoes off for courtesy. You know, you just steal one of their shoelaces on the way out the door. Like it, it's little things like so, that. That's- so that that is like it was a little bit more extreme than that. But that's basically the type of revenge that I got going back to my my college story. I don't want people out there thinking that like I did some <laughs> criminal shit. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, like now you've got I've got two new, brand new shoes and one of them's dirty, and you've got two shoes that you wear every day, but only one of them has a lace. We're both inconvenienced, and no one got hurt. It just seems fair. <laughs> well, we've got this is off season content at its at its purest, folks. We are completely off the rails, but let's let's take a quick break, and we'll uh, we'll try to redirect this thing here again. Give us give us one sec. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Trying to trying to redirect this train here back into the, the basketball realm. We did have one other... Boston Celtic note that we wanted to get to here, uh, reported by Shem Sharania of The Athletic here. The Boston Celtics waived uh, on August 1st. Justin Champagne opening up a roster spot, which right now, actually, I believe the Celtics have two open roster spots. Champagne would have been guaranteed $50,000 as part of his deal if he were not waived by the August 1st deadline. So, Adam, I know you put this out on Twitter 
you threw out the idea. Danny uh, Green was recently on a podcast, and the host who made the unfortunate mistake of saying that he was still on the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, of which that is not true. He is still a free agent. But you threw out that idea of Danny Green being one of these roster spots. And I know uh, as we came on today, you were saying that you were getting a little bit of pushback from that. But make the case. Make the case for Danny Green being one of these two roster spots. Yeah, and I mean, in my, I just want to come out and really premise this. I didn't say that he should be. I just asked, would you want him? Like, just a question, just to, you know, I, I was really wondering because a year or two ago, it felt like most contending teams were climbing over themselves to get some Danny Green in their lives. I'm looking at it, like, you've got two open roster spots, you got one open two-way slot, and I'm like, Danny Green could fill one. Maybe you go Danny Green and Blake Griffin, and then you've got your vibes big man who can come in and bang and take some beatings when you need him to and be Blake Griffin for another year, plus one boys represent. Yep. And then you've got that additional backup wing who's a veteran that's going to come in but isn't going to roadblock Jordan Walsh's opportunities or stop him from being able to get playing time. He's just going to give you a different look. He can play two, he can play the three. Is a you know is a forty percent three point shooter for the entirety of his career. Plays off ball well. Can you know you run a lot of flare actions for him. You're going to feel quite good about yourself. He's not going to give you great production, but I do think that everyone's looking at him last year with Memphis and then with Cleveland, where he came, where he was injured, didn't really get a good year in. Everyone's thinking he's washed. I still think there's something there if you run him just as a catch and shoot guy off flare screens and off pin downs. I think that's okay for a vet minimum. I don't know who else is there. Yeah, I mean, the only other guy um, that I would have been interested in the similar mold is a guy who just actually signed with the Raptors, Garrett Temple. Um, I've always liked Garrett Temple. I think him and Danny Green are like pretty similar players, especially at this point in their careers. Um, the You know, Green coming off that injury not too long ago. So he's definitely on the way out of the NBA. I do think Danny Green as your 14th or 15th man is you could do a lot worse than that. Like you could have champagne still on the roster and <laughs> like no shot at champagne, but he's on an NBA player in my opinion. Um, so bringing in a veteran like Danny green, I'm all for it. If you're expecting him to play real minutes, if like that's your pushback, I get it, but he's not going to play real minutes. He's not that guy anymore. But if you're bringing him in, as Adam said, very similar to what Blake Griffin was last year on this team, just a little bit more wing depth. I think it makes a lot of sense. So I'd be open to it for sure. Yeah, I mean, this is the 14th and 15th roster spot. They're they're not supposed to get minutes. That's how that's how an NBA roster works. So, you know, Adam, like you you mentioned Blake Griffin. I'm all for bringing Blake back for the vibes. I love the Blake Griffin experience. I had a like when he and I think Danny Green would be a very similar role, right? Where night to night you're not expecting to see Danny Green. But the nights that you know Jalen Brown's out or Jason Tatum's out, I'm not even saying Danny Green would start, but you know he's going to see the floor, right? You know that that was a, a time where if Al was sitting out that back-to-back, Blake's either going to start or Blake was playing you know, 20, 25 minutes. I'm totally cool with that. I think that's a solid role for a guy like Danny Green. So I think Danny Green fits that. You know, Just looking at even who's still available on the market, because the longer that this goes that, I mean, there's not a lot of guys left out there that are really going to be rotation guys at this point. You know, Adam, I saw you did a video the other day that's on our YouTube page here about Kelly Oubre. He's probably the only name that I really look at like, Oh, that guy could actually play, but is he going to come for the minimum that we have? Probably not. But the longer the off season goes, the more maybe he's looking for a chance to win and show his value on a contender that it becomes a possibility. But he's really one of the only guys that I would look at as 
actually could be, you know, a real rotation night to night type of guy, you know, TJ Warren's second year coming back from an injury. Didn't, didn't have a great run with Phoenix last year, but you know, that's, that's a guy that I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on. I think he would be someone that, you know, you're just, you're just trying to trying to feel it out. Will his injuries, you know, get him back to a level that he can be a rotation guy? If Jordan Walsh isn't ready for minutes, if Sam Hauser, you know, goes into a shooting slump and you need somebody else, like TJ Warren would be a good pickup. But, you know, I, I think it's all those type of guys that that we're looking at at this point. And if we're looking at, let's just going back to the original question here, Danny Green and, and Blake Griffin, I'd be happy with that. 14, 15, some veteran guys, if they know their roles and they're, you know, just kind of background support voices. I think there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, Greg, to your point, without taking shots at Justin Champagne, I think both of them are better options than than Justin Champagne, yeah. at least for for making an impact on this year's upcoming team. Well, the name that you threw out there, I know, Adam, you put out a little short on this. Like Kelly Oubre is probably my preferred pick if there's someone that could actually be part of the rotation. I still think Oubre has got a lot of potential. Um, he's had some big games where he lights it up from three. He's very inconsistent, but he's a crazy athlete. Um, he's a pesky defender. He doesn't have like um, great fundamentals as a defender, but when he locks in just because he's such a good defender, he can definitely give some some of the more athletic wings, um, at least give them a run for their money. He's had some games where he's played the J as well on the defensive end. Um, and I, I, he, he seems like he'd be good for the vibes. You know, he always seems like he's having a good time out there. Um, he's got some great energy. It seems like whenever he goes up against the Celtics, there's always some like good back and forth banter between him and, and the young guys on the Celtics roster. So it seems like there might be a little bit of a, a friendly relationship there, bringing him in for the vibes. Um, and he's a good player. You know, he's still young enough where Kelly Oubre could could eventually pop at some point where you're like, Oh damn, Kelly Oubre averaged, you know, 17 points a game this year. I didn't, didn't see that happening. Um, but you know, he, he has that talent. He was highly touted come out of college. Yeah. I think that the one thing holding Oubre back right now is he spent the majority of the season miscast offensively because Lamella was injured. Gordon Hayward was in and out of the rotation. Bridges wasn't on the, on the roster that year. Well, last season. So then, Ubre finds himself jacking up far too many shots for his skill set. And then he puts points on the board, but super inefficiently. And mm-hmm. now there's questions about whether or not he is like a, a weapon offensively or well, whether he, he needs that volume. He also had fit issues when he played in Golden State for that one year, right? So I think that's the the other concerning part for contending teams. Now, then again, the Warrior system is a whole different system. Like you, if you're not in tune with what they going on, see James Wiseman or any of their lottery picks. Like you're just, you're either not going to be successful if you're out there or you're not going to see the court. And you know, I, that's not to say that Kelly Oubre, cause that's, that's where I think Kelly Oubre could be successful. Just not in that system. That wasn't the system for Kelly Oubre. And so I think that's also hurting him, but I do wonder, you know, where he's going to go. Cause that him along with Christian Wood are, are kind of the last two, semi big names and greg i know you're you're out on christian wood not that i think he fits with what the there's a christian wood is. video on the channel too go check out the christian wood video uh again i don't think christian wood's the answer but you have to at least talk about the guy when he's a starting level big man for certain teams in the nba but my thing with christian wood though is like why would you be bringing if, if we didn't sign porzingis i could see us talking ourselves into bringing in wood because he's too talented to be at like not getting minutes right and you're not he's not going to play over rob williams al horford and porzingis so if you're bringing him onto the roster you're bringing on someone who's going to be just super unhappy and he's already a malcontent so like why that doesn't make any sense to me bringing christian wood on talent alone uh, yeah he's 
he's really talented on the offensive end. You watch some of his highlights. You're like, damn, why isn't this guy like a borderline all-star on the offensive end? He sucks on defense, doesn't play lick of defense. But I just think like because of his reputation as a horrible locker room guy and bringing him into a situation where he's probably not going to get a ton of minutes, it doesn't really make sense to me. The analogy I use is when Christian Wood's on the floor, every off- defensively, every offensive player becomes a lumberjack because they're just chopping downward. Uh, that, that, that's my analogy uh, I, I mean my outlook on it was you just stack the, amount, the best amount of talent you can and if you can bring in a Christian Wood on a vet minimum you figure out the fit and the rotation later you know Luke Cornett would probably be the guy that suffered the most there they'd probably move on from Cornett wave him but again you are right there would be fit issues there would be personality clashes due to would want him minutes that aren't available but again, if you if you can get him on a vet min and then flip him before February for an asset that actually fits what you want, then maybe it's worth it in that sense. Sometimes you, uh, I like to look at it as a business, but I'm, I don't own a business, so I don't really know how that works either. <laughs> yeah, Christian, I don't know, man. With Christian Wood, I just leave feeling empty. Like I just every time I watch him play, it's it's a, it's it's like Carl Anthony Towns light. Like in the sense, the Carl Towns is way more talented, but both of them I watch. And I just don't feel like either of that. Neither of them. I walk away being like, "Yep, that was what we needed for the last part of a winning team." Was yeah, well, Christian, Christian Wood has Wood. never made anybody else better. Yeah, right. Exactly. Christian Wood is all about me, 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 yeah. me. So like, when you see him, you're like, "Oh, he's super freaking talented," and like, he's impressive. The stuff that he can do at seven feet tall, but like, he has not helped one person get better in his entire time on a basketball court, like not once. So I, I just, I, I just don't see it with the guy. Like I, I like the Carl Towns um, comparison. Will they call mm-hmm. him like the light version of Carl Towns? Cause it's kind of how I feel about Carl Towns too. But like, he doesn't, he doesn't screen well. Um, you know, he, he like doesn't know where to be on the court. When I see Christian Wood, it's like, if you, if he couldn't, he couldn't do it with Luca. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you want Christian Wood to be great in the role that he was expected to play with the Mavs and he wasn't great in that role. So like, where is he going to fit in? Um, yeah, I didn't realize we were going to be so anti wood. Do you respect wood? We do not. <laughs> we do not respect wood on this program. Okay. Last name I'll throw out there and then we can, we can move on. So I was just looking through who else was still available. This is a guy I've always really liked been kind of sneaky under the radar. How would you guys feel about a little JTA Juan Toscano Anderson? I'm down. I'm all the way down. You need more Marcus Smart without Marcus Smart. That's all I'm saying. You need that grit and grind. JTA has shown that he can just be a plug-and-play guy that brings high-level energy. You know, we've all seen him dive to the floor. We've all seen him... seen him dive over a table in the garden. A couple years ago, he went flying into the second (laughs) row. (laughs) I'm, I'm down. I think he's one of the more intriguing options especially somebody that can come in bring a little bit of size a little bit of length but just a ton of grit and really elevate that bench like that, that sorry that bench rotations defensive upside i think that's great uh vet minimum again you're not really losing too much give me all the jta yeah i think it would actually be really interesting to have him on the roster just because i think early on in his career jordan walsh would probably play a pretty similar role to what jta does well you know, just like being that defensive pest and um, bringing all of the energy. So if you put someone that is in the same mold as what you want Jordan Walsh to be, then you have him competing with someone that's a veteran, that's hungry, that's going to push him in training camp and push him for minutes and make him earn 
time on the court. That's where I see the value in JTA. I would I would not want him playing over Jordan Walsh because I think I would just rather see the development of a rookie. But if for whatever reason, like the NBA minutes are are too much for Jordan Walsh early in the season. He's like, oh, well, Jordan Walsh isn't ready right now. Send him to the G League, and we have JTA that can just like do the same shit we want Jordan Walsh to do. Yeah, a little controlled chaos in there. Kind of just mix it up, have a guy that can do, can be pretty versatile in different lineups. So I like that fit. Brad, you've been given your orders here. Go bring us JTA here. He's going to mentor Walshy here into the into the next era. Uh, let's take a quick break here, and let's do, let's do a little trivia, boys. All right, so we're going to have a little bit of fun here. We'll probably mix this up on a few episodes here over the next month and a half or so while we're, let's just be real, we're killing time. We're killing time until training camps get going. FIBA will start at the end of the month. That'll be fun to cover. Chris Dapps, Porzingis will be a, will be involved. Uh, Al Horford, who Greg and Adam talked about in the last podcast, playing for the Dominican Republic. And, of course, Peyton Pritchard playing on the U.S. Select team, which is going to be training with the actual FIBA team. So I'm sure we'll have some topics to talk about there. But... In the meantime, let's do a little bit of trivia. Uh, Greg, do you want to go? You, you sounded like your your question, at least the way you prefaced it in our pre-show meeting, is going to lead to some discussion. So let's have you go first here, and then, then we'll go to Adam and myself. Well, if you've ever been to a trivia night, I'm kind of basing this off of like the bonus round where you have to like you get a, a bunch of pictures and you have to like figure out what the title is or like who, who the main character in that movie was, right? Okay. So I have... My question is, like, you, you have to come up with a bunch of answers for it, but I'm going to give you some hints that allow you to do that, if that makes sense, okay? So what I'm asking y'all to do is to name, and I'll give you the years, and I can give you a hint if you need a hint, name all of the players post-Dana Barros that wore number 11 for the Boston Celtics, okay? So from okay. 1995 to 2000, Dana Barros, who's my childhood hero, all-time favorite Celtic, was number 11. So I had a Dana Barros jersey. I love Dana Barros. Number 11 from that point on has been my favorite basketball number. So I just went with that. So we have a bunch of guys that have worn number 11. What's, what's the total number of guys? Um, I took one of them out because he was he only played like two games. So I feel like I'm really hindered here like because 11. for the majority of these years, I didn't league pass didn't even fucking exist. <laughs> well, do, yeah, just just do do your best. I'll, I'll give you the years. Okay, so ninety five to two thousand, it was Dana Barros. Then there's someone that has the number from two thousand to two thousand two. My first hint is he was a guard. Milt Palacio. No second hint. He played on the Bulls at one point. Played on the Bulls. At... It wasn't Adrian Griffin? Was it? Third third hint initials R B. RB played on the board. All I can think of is Reggie Bullock. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, First name is the same name as Stan's dad on South Park. It's a Randy. So we got uh, Randy, Randy B, Randy Buford. No, Randy. I'm I'm, give us this one. Randy Brown, Randy Brown, Randy Brown. Okay, for one, for one, Randy Brown. All right, 2002 to 2003, uh, another guard, former UNC point guard. Let's see point guard. Ooh, you gave us the couple to two thousand and three. Yeah. So he would have been a rookie coming out of UNC. All right, I was going to go Shaman Williams, but I know yeah, we no, didn't no. have. No, it was Shaman Williams. It was Shaman Williams. We had yeah, Shaman Williams, Williams as a rookie. Well, maybe maybe it wasn't his rookie year, but okay, he, was, okay. he was on the Celtics. Okay, uh, <laughs> two thousand three to two thousand six, another guard. 
This is Marcus Banks. Marcus Banks. You got it. 2007 to 2011. Seven to two. What position? Forward. Uh, big forward. Big forward. Wasn't Courtney Lee, was it? No. Too okay. early. Too early. That's what I thought. Yeah. Glenn Davis. It wasn't Glenn oh. Davis. Yep. I gave my you a hand. There I said, we go. I said big forward. Okay. That's all that is funny in my head. 2007 to 2011 was big baby. 2011 to 2012, uh, uh, let's just say he played with LeBron and he was a forward. 2000, 2011 to 2012? Mm-hmm. It wasn't Chris Holmes first. Nope. No, nah, like he was 43. He, more like a wing. A better term is wing. He was a wing. Same same first name as a, a hated Los Angeles Lakers shooting guard. With long hair. I feel like you're talking about Sasha Vujacic, but I don't know. So that that is That is the Lakers guy that we hated. So first name. Sasha Pavlovic? Sasha Pavlovic, that's right. He was 2000, on the Celtics? Yeah. What the hell? I protest this. I don't remember that at all. 2012 to 2014, you've already said him. Uh, Courtney Lee. Courtney Lee. Uh, in 2014, a guy played a little bit on the Celtics. Point guard, bald-headed. I like this, this is a tough one. I'm just going to give you this one. Jared Bayless. Okay, yeah, we weren't, we weren't going to get that one. 2014 to 2016. Uh, 2014 to 2016. So this is this is right before Kyrie, right? Because Kyrie's the next yeah. answer. Yes, Kyrie's the next answer. Okay. Um. So number eleven, 2000. Avery Bradley was zero. So Isaiah Brad Thomas Steve was four. Yeah. What was Gerald Wallace? I think he was higher. He was. Yeah, he was higher. You said this is a guard again. Guard. Yep. Okay. What was Phil Presley? That's too early, too late, too early. He, he, was a, right. he was a big-time part of this team. Big-time part of this team. Evan Turner? Evan Turner, that's right. 2017 and 2019 was Kyrie Irving, as you said. 2019 and 2020. This is Jason Tatum, right? Jason Tatum? Did he Jason have Brown. No, no, no. Didn't, didn't Tatum yeah. wear 11? Maybe wore, I think he might have wore 11 in Summer League or something. Okay, yeah, no, he was never number 11. Oh, he did, yeah, because it was 7-11 for a while. <laughs> Um, wait, what, what is this year's again? 27, 2019, 2020? Yeah, this shows how little I care about fucking jersey numbers, dude. <laughs> no, yeah, I couldn't is, give a shit. Uh, this is tougher than I thought it was gonna be. 2019, 2020, number 11. Give me a hint. Big America guy. Big, oh, Enos Freedom. <laughs> Enos Freedom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 2020 to present. Uh oh god, I should know this. Why who's number eleven on the Celtics? Adam really I don't give a shit. Adam doesn't give a fuck about uh (laughs) um um, uh, number eleven. Let me figure this out. This is ridiculous right now. I'm opening my camera. Hold on. That's not cheating because it's not Google. It's not Malcolm, it's not Derek, it's not Tatum, it's not Brown, it's not Rob, it's not Al. Who am I missing here? It's not Sam. 
Is it Luke? Oh, it's, it's Peyton Pritchard. Peyton Pritchard. There you go. Damn, that took too long. Just oh, so that everybody's aware. I, I, like, I, I told me. you we were going to get at least five minutes of content out of that. <laughs> Just so everybody's aware, to me, the number on the back of the jersey means shit. All I care about is who's running what screen and did it fucking work. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. All right. Well, that was that was that way was harder really than fun, I thought it was going to be. That was good. That was a good one. All right, girl. I'll give you, I'll give you that. I'll give you your you props, props on that, to that one. man. That was fun. All right, Adam, you're up next. Okay, mine was easy because I'm not a trivia guy, so I'm just like, shit, I don't want to. And then I got told it had to be answerable, so it's not like I could start pulling out fucking X's and O's questions left, right, and center. <laughs> so who was the first European player to, to represent the Celtics? Ooh. First European player. Can you give us um in a time well, let me see. period? Is it I'm gonna assume it's early nineties. He's very tall. Dino Raja? There we go. Okay. <laughs> and the only reason I said he's very tall is because when we were talking before we came on air, I kind of dropped <laughs> the hint of because I was like, dude, I, I kept seeing different names, and I'm like, no, man, it's got to be Dean. That, that's my thing. I was like, there's no way he would ask the question when we were just talking about this guy. So that, <laughs> that's why I was like, I feel like it's Cena Raja, but then yeah. that would have been way too Yeah, easy. I mean, you know, misdirection is a wonderful thing. Oh, man, Adam, you made that easy for us. Okay, yeah, I was I was more fooled by your pre-show, uh, the way that you brought him up. That he threw me <laughs> so that was, uh, like you said, just a, just a great misdirection. All right, I've got another one. Yeah, another okay, one. Yeah. All right, fire away. That was a quick one. Go for it. Okay, I think this is right. So I've got an article in front of me. Bear with me. Okay, yeah, I think this is right. Can you name every player in the Celtic in Celtics history to have a fifty point game? Ooh, okay. on the Celtics. Yeah, for the Celtics. Okay, points so so let's 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 be, let's get Tatum out of the way. Okay, Tatum. Get Paul Pierce out of the way. He only had one, but he had one. Um, Kyrie, do Kyrie. It? I'm pretty sure Kyrie had a 50-point game with the Celtic. Okay, Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. Larry Bird. Kevin McHale. Ray Allen. Ray Allen. Brown did it in the playoffs, I know that for sure. Yeah, I don't know if he did in the regular season, so I don't know if that counts or He not. did it against the Bulls. Yeah, it's just 50-point yeah. games. Yeah. I'm just going through them at the same time, trying to make sure that I've got all of them on this list. Antoine didn't, right? Pretty sure Antoine didn't. I, no, was, I, I think, wish he did. I don't think Antoine don't think got did. 50. Um... Anybody in the '90s that would have had it? Dana had 50, but for the Sixers. Oh, for the Sixers, yeah, he didn't have it for the Celtics. There's one you're missing from like back in the day. Day, just like Tommy Heinsohn or uh, that, that era, Havlicek. but not Tommy. Havlicek, more underrated. Um, JoJo, similar rated did you do you want sam jones sam jones okay. yeah, okay. I, I, yeah i was gonna i was gonna say one of the joneses <laughs> that's what i almost just said i was like it's gotta be one of the joneses at this point that uh, is that it that's everybody that's the ones on this oh, list and jalen oh. we, we forgot about jalen Jay, I, I thought you went jason paul pierce we, we, we said jason Bird, but we didn't say jalen's got a 50 point game yeah he does have a 50 point game oh, i thought his career high was 49 for some reason nah, he got, no, he got he 50, 50 points against the orlando magic on oh that's right February first, yeah, yeah. two thousand and twenty. Sorry about that, JB. You got paid, and we forgot, man. I'm sorry about that. But well, he got right, paid, so it's okay if we forget. He doesn't care what. That's the true. Fuck we That's say. true. Yeah, <laughs> he got yeah, him off so quickly. I was like skimming up and down the list, checking them <laughs> Wait, off. Wait, so Mikhail never did it. Mikhail no, did it. You guys said Mikhail has fifty six oh, point game on the third yeah. of March yeah, in because that was that thing where Larry Bird had he's Mikhail he had the record six, and then and then Bird broke it like a week later. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's, that's phenomenal. But literally, it was nine days later. Yeah, exactly. Unbelievable that Bird was just like, nah, I ain't let Mikhail have that record. Oh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was seven days later, and then Bird broke his own record two days after that. No, no, fucking, <laughs> I'm talking shit. It was 10 days later, and then Bird broke it almost a year later after that. Yeah, yeah. Bird scored a lot of points, fuck's sake. Yeah, Bird's Bird's a legend. Bird's a legend. All right, let's go to a lesser legend with, uh, with my question that we got here. All right, so... 2004-2005 Boston Celtics. This is the first year that Doc Rivers... I'm going to give you some context here. This is the first year that Doc Rivers was the head coach of the Celtics. They went 45-37. and 37. They made the playoffs. They lost in the first round to the Indiana Pacers in seven games, 4-3. to three. believe this might have been the Paul Pierce-Al Harrington clip where that comes from. I believe. Not positive on that part. I think part. we won that series against... So, yeah, because there was two series, so I'm not sure which one it came from. Yeah. But in that season... Paul Pierce led the Celtics shooting 37% from three on 3.6 attempts per game. This player finished second on the team shooting 36.4% from three-point range on 2.8 attempts per game. Can you name that player? Oh, man. Um, What season? 2004-2005. Boston Celtics. Damn. Is it? Is it too early for? Is it Rafe LaFrance? You got it. I'm pumped. <laughs> Off the dome, dude. Let's go. Let's go. That is a great pull. I honestly thought it was going to take way longer <laughs> for, you, for you guys to get to Rafe LaFrance. <laughs> I know. I mean, Rafe LaFrance was like that. That was kind of like big news when the Celtics got Rafe LaFrance. He was he was like a pretty good player for a little bit in, in his career. You know, left. I mean, we traded Antoine for him, and then we traded back. This is the same year that we traded back for Antoine again. So I was hoping between, you know, Antoine, obviously, you know, this is a little past the Dana Barros era, but I was hoping maybe, uh, maybe Delante West was on the team at this time. Technically Tony Allen led the team in three point percentage, but he shot 33. So I didn't count him, Mm -hmm. but you know, (laughs) over, over a hundred threes, it was Paul Pierce and Rafe LaFrance were the top two, three point shooters followed by Delante West. So that was good. Good pull. I'm going to give myself trivia King for the day. You you want it, Mike. You want (laughs) trivia King. I'll give you that. No idea about the ludicrous idea, the ludicrous discussion at the start, but you fucking end did strong dude the coffee kicked in man the coffee the coffee was making his way through his system throughout the show greg ends up as the episode king the thing is like when you guys say ludicrous i immediately i think of the song use a hoe (laughs) it's like that's the only thing i can think of it's like trying to turn a hoe into a housewife hoes don't act right hotel everybody even the man that one yeah, that's exactly it. One, 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 it's actually a really impressive song. How many times he w- uses the word "ho" in different capacities? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's lyrically hey, ho, underrated. How you doing? Where you been? Probably doing. Hey, ho, how you doing? Yeah, ho again. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Green with Envy as presented by Ludacris. As always, is myself, Adam Taylor, Greg Menakis. We appreciate y'all joining us. Make sure that you are locked in to our YouTube channel, channel so that you get this joyous energy that we got coming right now for y'all. Make sure that you are locked and subscribed. We get some quick hits coming your way on our YouTube channel. Make sure you are locked and loaded as well as on Spotify, Apple, or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Greg, any final thoughts? And then let us know what we're going to hear on the way out. Uh, This is one of the last times you're going to hear this as our outro music because Black Sheep Optimus has a new song releasing on August 11th that will eventually take the place of our most recent release, which was called Questions and Lies. And that's what you're going to hear right now. Peace, everybody. Peace, y'all.
enslaved imitations I've been on my Elon, y'all can hop up in my spaceship Take you off the cave, show you fire of the ancients Souls on the coals, we don't run in no A6 Movement is basic, remove the illusion of you Cause the truth is I'm clueless, don't know how they 